Hi everyone and welcome to The Psalm Seed. This is a branch of the Women's Fellowship in Manchester called The Seed. We aim to uproot lies and plant the truth through conversation. We have a sister fellowship in London. You can find out more information about this on www.lovelimitless.com. So let's begin. We're called Sound Seed Podcast, right? Sound Seed Podcast. That is, that is, that is us. You know what, you guys, I'm sorry. I am 100% leaving that in. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Sound Seed Podcast. I'm Shoa, and I'm joined with three lovely guests. Um, introduce yourself. Okay. Hi guys, my name is Shelley. <laughs> Hi, my name is Aramide. Um, and I'm Ifa. Welcome, 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 guys. Um, and today we'll be speaking about idols. Idols, what are idols? How do we respond to idols? How do we identify them in our lives? And I'm gonna start by throwing out a question you guys all <laughs> so what are idols how would you define idols i feel like it's such a i don't know it's such a like a biblical word right <laughs> what does it actually look like how would you define idols um i think one of the more like simple um definitions i've ever heard would kind of help me to you know just have a better grasp on it is that an idol is anything that p- takes the place of god on the throne of your heart Hmm. Yeah, I think I'll add on to that. It reminds me of um when is it when God gave Moses the commandments and it's like it's like you shall have no other gods um before me. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just having a look at the scripture. Yeah. So essentially any other thing that is that we worship, the object of our worship, the what whatever mm-hmm. is the top object of our affection, um, that maybe we'll put our trust in. Um before mm-hmm. anything else, I'll say that's an idol. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'll add on to that as well. <laughs> we love adding on. Is this maths? <laughs> oh God! Um, I my jokes again. I think any anything that we give a godlike, given a godlike expectation to creative things, I think that's an idol. Um, that's good. Yeah, whatever godlike expectation is it salvation? Is it satisfaction? Is it freedom? You know, is it, yeah, whatever God-like expectation. Well, everything that we should like, expect from God, we're expecting for creative things. I'll say that's an idol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. I love those definitions. I guess the idea of um, expectations and worship in, in the wrong place, anything that is not God, right, is what can get identified as an idol. Okay, so so then in your lives then, what are, I was gonna say, what are the idols of your life? Expose yourself. <laughs> but what are certain idols that you might have, I guess, struggled with in the past or struggled with um currently, or might be currently as well, um, that you've realized or has been made quite apparent to you that okay, this might be an idol. Um, yeah, let's 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 talk through that. What has that been like for you guys? You wanna go first? I'll go since you guys are just out here pointing and pointing. Okay. Next time I'll come to you. Um <laughs> I think one of the uh money and work. 
I'll put them together. I'll put them mm. together. Um, in the sense that, and um, you know, missing out on praying or like spending time with God because you know I have to be on that grind, and then like using the excuse of well, who, who's gonna pay my bills? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have to make this money. Um, <laughs> it's true, you know, you ain't gonna pay my bills. Um, and then yeah, so in terms of like um, foregoing um time with God and worshiping um God and just focusing on work or money or anything to do with those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can I can come in because I think for me, um, well, money and like work, but for me it was very much so my, my career and education. Um, and I think I struggled to like separate, okay, this is a good thing to have a good desire, but then I don't know if I'm idolizing it. And I definitely at certain points I was. <laughs> I remember when I got my grades for final year, I got a T1, but I was in shutters. <laughs> I was crying. I was like, oh my gosh, I needed to get a first. Because if I don't get a first, I'm not going to get to where I need to get to. Da, 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 da. I remember one of the lectures looks like, why are you crying? You got a T1, that's, that's a good grade. Um, but I think at that point, I realized I had esteemed so many things and put on, on top of me achieving certain things. So my sense of worth came from my grades. Um, when I couldn't go to uni for certain circumstances, I felt so worthless. I felt like I was like the stupidest person on planet. It sounds so silly, but a lot of my self-worth was attached to attaining certain career goals. Um, and even though I'm still in education, I have to sort of fine-tune. Um, and it's a challenge because it's quite easy for me to be like, this This is still an idol, this is still a crutch of me. But I think definitely um, my career, achieving certain things was a, was a massive idol for me um because I, I I got my sense of worth from getting the grades being the top person in the classroom this might have started from Nigeria they <laughs> 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 used to rank us in my school like every single class yeah. you get ranked and then you have to go yeah, to your parents thanks. and say five out of 30 and it's like but why so wow. the number one spot was taken by someone why was it not you guys so, do you know how stressful it is to like come like second by one percent the tears <laughs> um I was gonna say I think mine is also linked to work and also service for me um I think work the ability to like earn my own money bought has brought me so much freedom from like in terms mm. of being able to live independently um and I'm one of those people, like, when I devote my time to something, I am like a dog with a bone. I will not let it go. And I was like, oh, you know, it makes me like a really good, you know, employee. I am devoted. I am there. I'm putting the late nights. I'm working with excellence, you know, for the Lord, not for man. But I think when it started to interfere with my relationship with God, when I was like, work above any circumstances. I was at Shelley's yesterday and I was saying that, um, there was something I realized really late on Thursday night. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I've got Friday off, but I was like, I, I need to get it done. So I was there late night, drafting emails, sent it to my manager and people. And I was like, hey, by the way, I spotted this. Let me know if it's okay. And I'll just send it off on my day off. And she messaged me on iMessage and WhatsApp to say that I'm day. We'll do this on Monday. <laughs> Take the day off. Um, and for me, I thought it was a sign of devotion. Although I am... I'm glad that I have that kind of like energy that I can kind of devote to work. But when it started to take over my relationship with God, when I was missing church because of work, when I was missing Bible study or 
turning up like four, like an hour and 40 minutes late because of work, I really had to kind of address, yes, this thing was what <clears throat> brought me freedom, like freedom from certain spaces and I can live independently. I've anchored so much of my self-worth, so much of my, um, like, okay, who will look after me? I've kind of attached it to work that it made it really, makes it quite difficult for me to kind of separate and be like, okay, this is a God-given thing and if God can give it to me, <clears throat> oh my goodness, what is this? Is this the spicy flu? I don't know. Um, <laughs> God can give it to me, but God can also take it away and regardless of what happens, I'll be fine. That's something that the idea of not being out of work terrifies me so much and I think that's when I was like hmm I might be putting this thing on a pedestal and another thing is service um there have been times when I've kind of like I've misrepresented what service is meant to be so in terms of like sometimes I would equate how much I serve to you know whether or not I was still a Christian and I still believed and my faith was still in God and it got to a point where I was serving 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 but my relationship with God was actually dying um and I was like you know as long as I'm still serving things are fine but it's like no the actual heart of servitude comes from the father um there's no point serving in the house but actually not knowing the father of the house um and I think when service started to kind of take over that that's when I was like hmm, this might this might be an idol in my life yeah thanks for that Alande. I think for me like um I was reminded of this post by Kate Ellis on Instagram and she split idolatry into like different categories and one of the ones that really stuck out to me was approval idolatry. And she was mm -hmm. like, life only has meaning and I only have worth if I am loved and respected by filling the, in the gap, you know? And, and for me in the past, it was life only has meaning and I'm respected. Sorry, life only has meaning um, and I only have worth if I'm loved and respected by my family, you know? Or if I'm loved and respected by people at church. Um and God just really had to be like, is that? <laughs> Come, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Is my word not enough? You know? Um, because I think that's what that's where God wants to get us to, right? Where his word is enough and we're not seeking that from other people. Um, yeah, but she has so many. She's like, life only, there's control idolatry as well life only has meaning and I only have worth if I'm able to get mastery over my life in the era of filling the gap and I'm like Kayaba, you know um so I'm coming from my chest but yeah I think yeah God wants us to get to that place where his wow. word is enough yeah. sorry I, I find that so interesting control like yeah, because sometimes we don't think that we've idolized ourselves, like in terms of like, if I can have mastery over this aspect mm. of my life, then that means everything will be fine. Like when we think about idols, we think about things outside of ourselves, right? External, the, yeah. external things, whether it's work, whether it's career, whether it's marriage, all of these things, or whether it's um, finances, right? Whether it is, you know, you're, you're working yourself to the ground so you can buy that house, you know, you're doing this, you mm. can do that. But actually we never think that the fact that we want to have complete and total control over every aspect of our life actually denies we're essentially denying the power of god in our lives to actually look after us but actually we're the ones essentially like in full control yeah and i think that's so key what you've just said because i think something that's i find quite interesting about internal 
idols is that they're very subtle and they're often things that people will actually praise about you like oh my gosh like you're so in control you want to help out you want to serve you're that person right when it's like no I'm just that person that doesn't want to let go of control I'm just that right wants to always be that person to everyone um be the person savior the person's redeemer whatever it is in 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 other sense making yourself a god um that actually looking for another item to make a god um Mm. and and again idols very very subtle and 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 i i guess i ask myself why how do we get to a point where idols are quite subtle um just thinking i guess in contrast to those of um in the new testament when they were actually carving golden items to worship god so something physical they can see it um and i just have that question why are idols so subtle why are especially internal idols um quite subtle to us um i don't know if we have an answer (laughs) it's because it's normalized though you're celebrated for it right Mm. so for example all of the things that we've mentioned inherently aren't like in 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 themselves they're not bad things right we're meant to have some element of self-control where you know where they'll just say oh um because god didn't tell me to well i don't know whatever it is like we're meant to have some element of control over a certain aspect of our lives that's just not meant to be like the top like that shouldn't be the roof of our lives the foundation that we build our lives on but i remember there was a time when there were so many like self-help books or the self-help um how to have it all how to take control of your destiny how to manifest the future you want <laughs> literally my housemate has a book that's like called like how to manifest the future you want and it's this idea is like the more you're striving for your career the more um the more mastery you have over your life the more financial you know control that you have you know the smarter you are and that being what kind of like governs you and people being like wow you're really smart you're really this you're really that that's something that we as a culture actually celebrate um you know some of the people who's i remember i saw a video um on instagram i'm back now y'all um and i saw this past this pastor was talking about oh this woman she's married and she wants a child and um and then she said oh every time god had brought her child to church she wasn't there and then the pastor was like well she was always in the sunday services but she never came to the choir rehearsal and god was ready to visit her in choir rehearsal and that's where essentially if she was to go there if she was going there she would essentially conceive a child and i don't know how biblical that is the expressions is giving confusion (laughs) is giving misinformation but it's this idea of like the more you're in church the more you're serving in every department selling yourself out right in in the house of god that's where god will kind of meet you right so i think we celebrate these things we normally and that's why it's so hard to see it as like a cancer right because it's amidst what we think is good but we're not realizing that we've elevated it more than we should have because everyone else is telling you it's good it's good to put this above everything else it's good to put your work over your family to put approval of others over what god says right because we just celebrate people but a bit too much Even though, um, like you said, you know, we don't have the carvings and um, 
all of that um, from the Old Testament. I think the the principle of what they were doing um, still remains. So like, um, obviously, the, one of the most famous stories of idolatry is, you know, with the Israelites and the golden calf, um, you know. And in that, they did it because um, when they were complaining to Aaron, they were just like, we don't have, you know, we don't have a physical um, embodiment of the God we serve. You know, we don't have someone physical to look to or look up to, to, you know, worship. And so here, you know, in today's day and age with idols, obviously we're worshiping or we're looking to serve someone or we're looking to someone to um, be God to us. And then it's always the whole case of, you know, we don't have a physical God to kind of be the subject, you know, or the recipient of our worship and all that. And so it just become normal to kind of find someone else to replace it or something else to replace it because the object of your worship isn't right in front of you. You forget because humans just have a tendency to do so. Um, you know, you forget that that's where your worship needs to be or, you know, is meant to be. And so it's just very easy for you to now go in, switch it up uh, or redirect that attention that's meant to be for God to something else. Cause you just don't have a constant physical reminder that he's here. Um, yeah, so I think that that principle of you know physical idols still there. The fact that you know we forget <laughs> who we're serving. Yeah, yeah. I also think a, a reason that it could be really subtle is because I'm thinking back to the Garden of Eden. A reason that it could be really subtle is because as humans, pride was more naturally than humility does, right? Like this is the issue with the garden that they wanted to be they wanted to be they wanted to be masters of their own life and mm-hmm. um, they wanted to be gods themselves and if idolatry is giving god-like tendencies to creative things that's exactly what they wanted to do and that's exactly what we try and do every single time um we make decisions every single time we choose something else over god right the pride comes naturally to us so it's harder for us to see it but the closer you get to God, you know, the closer you get to God, the more you're able to see, you know, those subtleties, the more you're able to see those areas that you're not being humble, those areas that you're not seeking aid and seeking him. Um, and when I say God, I don't just mean scripture, but I also mean God's people as well. You know, the conversations that we have, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. Oh my gosh, I was doing that too. Oh my gosh, da, 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 da. like the more we get to light, you know, mm-hmm. really see how much we need it, in my opinion. But um, yeah, I think it's just, it's subtle because it's natural to us. Yeah, that's that's really good. And, and I think um, I was just going through, I didn't know this off my head, I had to search up, but I knew it said it in the Bible, um, which is Romans 1, verses 21 to 23. Um, and I'm just going to read this out. And it says, For though the new God, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks, but they but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were hardened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images, which are idols, as some of the scriptures say, worthless idols, some of the places say, resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Um, and I think as Christians, um, like we know of God, right? We have knowledge of God, and, and sometimes it just stops there that we have this knowledge and we know what to do, but we don't actually worship God, right? We don't honor him. We don't give him thanks. And we think we are wise in our ways. Um, 
but it shows in where we place our shows in where we place our, place our priorities are sometimes. It shows in what things that we actually put our time. Um, the Bible says, um, like where your heart is, your treasure is. So where or where your treasure is, your heart is. One way, one way around. Um, and and I think that's a really good way to actually see how subtle they can be. What 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 am I actually spending my time in mostly? What is occupying my thinking space? Mm. What is occupying and my love for God. Um, what's competing? That's the word. What is competing with my love for God? Um, and I think those are very, very clear ways to identify the idols. Um, but then once we know, how do we respond? How have you guys responded to idols? However, sort of they might have been in your life um, before. I think one thing I've been doing is being more aware of my behaviors. <clears throat> Um, I remember speaking to someone and they said, anything that gets in the way of you worshipping God or of you talking to God, pay attention to it. Because I think sometimes it's like, oh, um, um, I'll give an example. For example, I might wake up and I'm like, I don't feel like praying out loud, so I'm just going to pray in my head. And it's like, but why don't you want to pray out loud? And then it's like, well, I just don't feel like it. And it's like, but you want to pray, but why Why? Why is you praying inside your head so different from praying out loud? It's You're still going to be praying, So, but why specifically do you feel uncomfortable doing that? And I think we shouldn't minimize the power of spiritual war, not the power of earth, but like the, the influence of spiritual warfare in terms of we are in a world that's designed to give us toys and things to occupy our attention, same way you do with children, to really kind of take their attention away from something else. So I think it's really important that we're mindful of why our behaviors whilst we're doing it right so whilst you when you're um when you're i don't know working late rather than praying when you are um when you feel like you've been you're not validated enough because someone hasn't like someone hasn't essentially said oh well done for this particular thing that you're doing that you're doing being just really mindful of my behaviors and anytime i get it i realize that i'm placing something over god or i'm behaving in a certain manner asking myself why where is this coming from why am i behaving this way and essentially going against what my natural inclination says to do so when i for example when i'm like oh um i've, so, I've prayed in church today so i don't need to pray in the evening because i've already prayed during i don't know midweek service it's like no now this is a time to pray um and essentially not yeah just being more mindful of my behavior has been really been really helpful in the beginning anyway which is what i've been doing that's really good that's that's mm -hmm. good um and i like like just the awareness of it so rather than um ignoring it um actually okay this is I, i'm aware of this is this moving me away from god is this bringing me close to god if it's not let's address that um, I loved what you said about the Russian in prayers. I'm like, but I prayed in the morning. I prayed at the seed on Tuesday. I don't need my quiet time anymore. I've already done it together. But it's like, no, uh, it's not. That's that's not how it's. Oh, shut out. <laughs> oh, it's like that. You have to be like, you can't add it up and be like, okay, so because I've done one prayer today or because I fasted one day, that means that I don't have to do anything again. But you actually have to be like, but why? Why? And when you can't give yourself a good enough reason as to why, aside from laziness, or just not feeling like it, those are not good enough reasons. Yeah. Some of you might just need to take a step back and re reevaluate. Actually, hop off this and pray and then come back. 
pause it and <laughs> pray, worship, do whatever it is you've been ignoring, and and then come back. Yeah. 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 And I think again, kind of similar to you, for me, what's been helpful is um. Like the more I, I quote unquote draw close to God semantics, but as in the more I'm intentional about spending time with God, the more obvious these things look for me. Um, so when I am okay, I use career as an example, when I'm realizing okay, God can actually fulfill the need of me feeling accomplished or me feeling quote unquote smart mm-hmm. or me feeling intelligent, God fills that up for me. So I don't need to be the scientist that is like working till 2 a.m in the morning just because I want to have the parents that I'm doing too much because I don't need to get their yeses I can I feel okay I feel confident with what I'm doing um that I don't need to work a certain way um because that's coming from God God is fulfilling me God is God is um I'm seen by him right so I don't need to get that from elsewhere um I'm filled by him so I don't need to get that from elsewhere and so for me that just looks like practically literally um spending more time with God because I can grow in my love for him and it helps me desire other things less or desire the need for other things less um and it also helps me as kind of Armida scene said it's it helps me see the things for what they are because of course for example career and what's that hustle culture is very glorified let's say in research um and doing things like that is quite helpful um but when I can when I know God when I I'm closer to him I can see that no that's actually unhealthy even though the world and everything everything else would encourage that that's not actually a good thing to um a good thing to to be at um so yeah for me it's just drawing close to God and being intentional about spending more time with him so I can see the idols for what they truly are that's good that's good anyone else do I do I have to add I don't know what else to say I think you know renewing your mind is such a it's so important um i remember someone oh wow oh yeah like my youth youth even back in the day he's actually um anyway so youth even back in the day um would always like like renew your mind renew your mind um Mm. and i didn't really not like i didn't take i didn't pay attention to it um as much as I should have but I think when I when I when I deep just how much things are fighting for my attention um it's so important to reiterate that verse like if I renew your mind because God is not going to stop until um until he's master over all of us right he doesn't want us to be a slave to any created thing and it's not that we can't interact with those creative things like work and people and service and church. It's not, he's not saying that the things are bad. He's saying, I don't want you to be a slave to things I've created. I want you to be, I want you to be, I want you to be, yeah, basically I want you to be my servant, you know? Um, I don't want you to, I don't want anything to have control over you but me. Um, and I think that's a good desire that God has and he's not going to stop. But I think the more we come closer to him, I'm just reading our word being with his people um yeah following the, the prompting of the holy spirit um, and renewing our mind we're able to see and act upon the things that he reveals um as we as we kind of pursue that goal really as we yeah pursue the goal of being free from all but one you mm. know um yeah 
I love that. I love that. Being free from all but one. Um, and that's that's a good place, I think, to close this. And I guess just by hopefully by listening to this conversation, it's helped you to encourage you, or rather encouraged you um to reflect and see what what subtle idols may I have in my life and how do I respond to them? How can I put them in the right place and and how can I ensure that nothing else is competing for my love for God. And if it is, um, bring it to God. Um, bring it to your community. Bring it to your sisters, your brothers, your your church family. Um, and you can address them together and knowing how to put these good things that are desirable, that are good, that are created by God in the right place in our lives. And I hope this podcast blesses you. And if it has, share it with a friend or two. Um, leave us feedback. Let us know how you found it. Um, and we'll speak to you in the next podcast. And it's bye from Shower. Bye from Ramadan. Bye from Ife. <laughs> <laughs>